，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Amid Sino-U.S. contentions over a suspected Chinese spy balloon that drifted into U.S. airspace, Taiwan now has a balloon incident of its own. The military's Dongying Area Command in the outlying Mazu Archipelago says it discovered the wreckage of what is suspected to be a small Chinese balloon in one of its shooting ranges yesterday. It was labeled a meteorological instrument in simplified characters, which are used in China. The military is conducting a probe of the wreckage. Amid speculation that Taiwan might copy the U.S. and start shooting down intruding Chinese balloons, Taiwan's defense minister says Taiwan will take a lenient approach and determine the risk before it makes the decision to fire at a suspicious balloon. In this video on the internet, several people are handling an unidentified airborne object. In simplified Chinese characters, it has GTS-13 radio sonde and non-toxic, harmless meteorological instrument printed on it. This is a suspected Chinese weather balloon, and it was found in the outlying Taiwanese archipelago of Matsu. Following a search by officers and soldiers, wreckage of a balloon was picked up in a shooting range with a diameter of one meter. The instrument box had writing in simplified Chinese characters "Taiyuan Number、no. One Radio Factory" and "GST-13 Radio Sound." A preliminary assessment had found that the wreckage was from a meteorological detection instrument. It was discovered at around noon yesterday. After we found it, we made an assessment and a preliminary inspection of its appearance. It said what factory in Taiyuan it came from, and also it said it was a weather balloon. But I think we will take a lenient approach in judging our opponent's intentions. We won't jump to conclusions. I have dispatched a team to do some research, and once we understand the fine details, we will make a conclusion. The military stressed that it will carefully study the balloon wreckage, as the U.S. military recently shot down a suspected Chinese spy balloon with a missile. Many are wondering that if a balloon intrudes into Taiwan's airspace, will its military do the same thing? I just said we would take a lenient approach. There is something going on, but whether something somehow was attached to the weather balloon or it had things that were harmful to people, we'll just have to wait for our assessment. If an entity relating to aviation or sea navigation traverses inside our national borders, then of course we must deal with this. This does not amount to a first strike, but rather is called a responsive countermeasure. Whether it's UAVs or airborne balloons, the military says it will be proactive in dealing with. China's grey zone operations. The NCC on Friday confirmed that two Chinese vessels, a fishing boat and a freighter ship, were to blame for the severing of two undersea internet cables linking the Matsu Islands and Taiwan. The cables were cut earlier this month, leaving Matsu with limited internet connection. It remains unknown whether the cables were damaged intentionally. 
It is not the first time that the cables between Mazu and Taiwan have been damaged by passing ships. Over the past five years, there have been 25 such incidents, mostly involving Chinese vessels. The incident has sparked some level of alarm as a U.S. think tank has pointed out that in an invasion scenario, China could cut off Taiwan's communications with the world by severing its underwater cables. The Bai Sha Tun Mazu pilgrimage continues on in central Taiwan. The annual nine-day event has attracted more than 110,000 participants this year. Friday was the sixth day of pilgrimage for the deity, who set out from Miaoli on Sunday. The day started with the participation of three Japanese reporters with stops at Beigang in Yingling to meet local county officials. Just after 7 in the morning on Friday, as the Baishatun Mazu pilgrimage was setting off on the sixth day of the procession, three Japanese reporters caught everyone's attention. They were here to experience the traditional festival and got more than what they had bargained for. After asking Mazu, the goddess agreed to let one of the reporters carry her on her sedan, a role usually reserved for men. <laughs> The reporters had actually been in the area since Thursday to produce a feature on the festival for Nippon TV. The host blended in with locals, putting her hands together in prayer and diving deep into Taiwan's religious traditions. The Baishatun Mazu pilgrimage has no set route, but there are several must-tops. One of them was reached after 10 a.m. on Friday, the Yunning County Police Department office in Beigang. There, County Commissioner Jiang Lishan joined several government officials in an incense offering ceremony. The procession stop at the police office was also an opportunity for all worshippers to gather round before setting off in full force to Yunnan's Beigang Chaotian Temple, where the crowd prayed to Mazu for peace and prosperity. Taiwan's average monthly salary actually fell by 0.15% in 2022 to 41,357 NT if you put inflation into account. That's according to the latest government data. The figure was calculated by comparing both salary growth and inflation. This marks a decline that has lasted for two consecutive years, and it is the biggest drop in the past 10 years. Taiwan's statistics agency says the average monthly salary had grown by 2.8 percent in 2022 to reach 44,417 NT. That's the biggest increase in 24 years, but the rise was offset by a consumer price index of 2.95 percent, resulting in the 0.15 percent decrease in real wages. A second-hand bookstore in Xinju is about to shut down after 45 years in business. Book lovers in Xinju have been taking refuge in Seaside Books since 1978. It was founded by a post-war Chinese immigrant who then passed it on to his dear friend. Now owner Huang Shouyu is finally ready to call it quits. The locals are now rushing to spend a few more precious moments in their beloved store and pick up a bargain at the same time. With the rise of online retail, brick-and-mortar bookstores like this one are a vanishing breed. This eye-catching blue sign, reading Seaside Books, has hung here for 45 years. 
but now the owner is preparing to close the shutters for the last time. There aren't many stores like this. These days, people don't love books that much, nor do they value them. So I think it's really a pity for a store with as much warmth as this to close down. Back in the days when we weren't so affluent, sometimes students actually couldn't afford books. Seaside books offered relatively low prices. I bought lots of novels from here. Then I married and had children, and when my daughter was small, we often came here to buy children's books. Located near Shinju train station, Seaside Books is the oldest second-hand bookstore in Shinju. It has been a stable fixture and a comforting sanctuary over the decades for countless local book lovers. It's a really tough decision for me. I took the store on 18 years ago. I've been wanting to close down for about a year now. Store owner Huang Shouyu has kept the business going for many years in memory of a beloved friend. 45 years ago, Chinese Nationalist Army veteran Chen Yao rented the store and opened Seaside Books, naming the store to reflect his love for his homeland across the Taiwan Strait. Over 27 years, he and his landlady Huang Shouyu became as close as family. Before his death, he handed the store over to her. Some of the books are still in great condition. At the very end, I will send them off more cheaply. Huang has reluctantly placed all her stocks out for sale with discounts for a final clearance. She plans to close for the last time within a month or two. In the meantime, she hopes to give the store a send-off fit for a local treasure. Taipei was shaken by a magnitude 3.1 earthquake at 9.08 Friday morning. It was a shallow quake with a depth of just 4.8 kilometers. Its intensity reached a 3 out of 7 in Yamingshan and Danshui and 2 in the north coast and Jilong. The Central Weather Bureau says the Tembler was most likely triggered by volcanic activity in the Datun Volcano Group, just north of Taipei. Let's hear from a seismologist. The earthquake is linked to activity at Datun Volcano Group. The Magna Reservoir under the volcano contains liquid, which enters surrounding rock formations. That damages the balance of some structures, causing movements that give rise to earthquakes. Over the past 20 years, 16 such earthquakes have happened at that location. The most recent one was in 2021. According to the CWB, the earthquake had a similar location to other previously recorded quakes, and it was just part of normal seismic activity in the area. Seismologists will keep monitoring the situation to see if more quakes will follow. If so, they'll discuss the matter with experts to devise measures that the public can take. If you drive a car, you probably have some preconceptions about which city in Taiwan has the worst traffic. For many people, the capital Taipei immediately comes to mind. But according to a recent survey, the dishonor actually goes to Taichung, which comes in first as the city with most congested traffic in Taiwan and fifth most congested in Asia. Scooters stream down from Taipei Bridge, leaving barely a gap between them. This site is known locally as the Scooter Waterfall. At peak hours, Taipei gets gridlocked as traffic comes to a standstill. 
Taipei has the worst traffic. Deliveries in Nehu and in Lingkou can take up to one hour. Taipei has a large population and more traffic as well. I think Taipei's traffic is the worst. I recently went to the airport via Jenguo Expressway and I was stuck on it for more than an hour. Locals say Taipei must surely have the worst traffic in Taiwan. But according to a survey carried out by a Dutch satellite navigation system manufacturer, the most congested city in Taiwan is actually Taichung. Traveling 10 kilometers in the city takes an average of 24 minutes and 40 seconds, making Taichung the city with the fifth worst traffic in Asia. After Taichung, Kaohsiung and Taipei round off Taiwan's top three, followed by Tainan and Taoyuan. Taichung? For real? I really wasn't expecting that. Taipei is the most congested. It can't be Taichung. Deliverers in Taipei like me would know. Some in Taipei find it hard to believe. But what do people in Taichung think about the ranking? Really? I thought Taipei's traffic was worse. Even locals are shocked to find out they are worse off than Taipei dwellers. Perhaps something to think about next time you're stuck in traffic. Now, Taiwan has its fair share of themed cafes. There is an Alice in Wonderland themed cafe and a Lima cafe and many more. Today, our reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to a restaurant with two quirky themes that you don't often see paired together. Vintage cars and gourmet cuisine for dogs. The restaurant has been around for a while. It was once featured in a popular TV show, Meteor Garden, about 20 years ago. Are you a fan of the TV series Meteor Garden? This themed restaurant was where the two actors went out on a date. Now, 20 years later, this restaurant has transformed into a dog-friendly restaurant serving up meals for dogs. This first dish is sirloin beef bowl. Aside from meat, there are also veggies on the side like broccoli, carrots, and cabbage. There's also penne, grated with pumpkin and beef. These mouth-watering meals are not for me. It's for this husky Polly and this dachshund Aloha. Over the years, the store has won many loyal patrons who bring their pets here. The fresh dog food here is good, and you can also play with the dogs in the store. My dog likes beef rice, but actually he likes all the food here. I tried the salad and seafood noodles myself. They are also delicious. The founder of the restaurant, Gaspar Lee, hired a pet nutritionist to design meals for pets. The restaurant was designated a so-called Michelin-starred restaurant for pets by the Taipei Animal Protection Office. It can't be seasoned. It's cooked in a salt-free and oil-free way. It can be boiled, steamed, or fried a little. A pet nutritionist taught us. In addition, we have more than 10 years of experience in dog care, so we know the ratios and formulas that will suit them best. This restaurant in Taipei was established in 1999 by Lee, an avid collector of antique cars. The restaurant is filled with classic cars, parking meters, fuel stations, and American car license plates. 
even became one of the filming locations of the TV show Meteor Garden. One, two, three. Many fans of the program still come here to relive the show. Uh, I'm from Philippines and I'm a fan of Meteor Garden, so uh, it's one of the places that the show has taken place, so I went here because of that. I feel like I watched the drama again while eating here. I think I, I was just in high, high school or elementary, now I'm working when I watch the drama. I think it's uh, really pet friendly here, so you see a lot of people, you know, bringing their pets. So sometimes it's dogs, uh, cats as well, but I know that there's been, I saw some photos, uh, people bringing some other pets as well like I think snakes, maybe iguanas. In 2016, Lee decided to start serving healthy and delicious pet meals. In the very beginning, I like to collect antique cars, parking meters, antique fuel stations and mini cars, and then recreate them. We started the pet business because of our shop dog, this Dash Hunt. After seeing the Dash Hunt, many customers asked if they can bring their dog over. I said yes. Then they also asked if dogs can have their own meals. So we learned several recipes from pet nutritionists and sold fresh pet food in the store. We didn't expect that it would be so well received when it launched. Over the years, more and more Taiwanese are becoming proud pet owners. The Taipei City Animal Protection Office has created a Michelin Guide for Pets, selecting 10 pet-friendly restaurants across Taipei that provide high-quality meals. Seeing this demand, stores across Taiwan are also providing and developing more pet-friendly products and services, along with cooking meals to cater to pets and their owners. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Bochong in Taipei. Now we go to a community center in Jilong, which serves the aging populations of the North Coast fishing harbors. The Green Care Station offers a slew of classes that teach new skills to the elderly in Jilong's coastal villages. Students enjoy drumming, weaving, leather sculpting, among other skills. Let's meet some of the teachers and students. A group of older adults gathers in a circle to play the djembe. Soon the whole venue is trembling with rhythm. Everyone's so happy. We're all happy to come here because the teacher's voice is so loud and clear. I often remind our students to keep their fingers moving and flexible. The second thing is their mouths. I prompt them to chant along and sing with me. The Jilong Fishermen's Association has launched a new program for older adults, inviting people from the fishing village communities to join this very program of interactive classes. Alongside djembe classes, there's knitting, leather sculpting, sewing, and much more. It's a chance for older people to get out, meet neighbors, and collect new experiences to share with their families. It's so hard. I forget everything. I'm knitting this for my grandchildren. It changes the way of talking, the demeanor, their energy. Secondly, the hand knitting stimulates their brain cells. There are six fishing harbors in Jilong, Wanghaixiang, Changtanli, Ba Douzi, Bisha, Zhengbing, and Wai Mushan. And more than 2,000 fishers aged 65 and up live in those communities. The Green Care class was created with a subsidy from the Council of Agriculture to provide classes and nutritious weekly meals. Uh, 
When these fishers were young, they worked hard on the sea and battled with the ocean. Now that they're older, they're sitting at home in the fishing villages and there's nothing going on. So we invite them to come outside and get some movement. The classes here provide all kinds of opportunities, from physical exercise to new skills to learn. Older fishing communities can enjoy their strength and build fresh connections in this new phase of life. Today we meet a sculptor with an unusual life story. Yorong Qing of Kaohsiung's Liugui district led a life of crime in his younger days. But after two prison spells, he was ready to go on a new path. He wanted to take care of his aging father. And luckily, he discovered an artistic talent that had been hidden since his childhood. Let's take a trip to his workshop. Yo Rongqing concentrates on his knife as he carefully carves an openwork design with many intricate layers. He looks totally calm and unflustered as he completes the work. Nobody would guess that before becoming a sculptor, Yo held a knife for very different reasons. As a young man, he was sent to prison twice for violent firearms offenses. At school, he was a headache for the teachers and the principal, but I knew that he'd liked drawing pictures since he was little. No one taught him really, you could say he was self-taught. He's been to prison twice, I think. I just knew that the more he was in prison, the more of a big deal he was. And when he got out, he was high up in the hierarchy. Once out of prison, Yo led a drifting life around Taipei and had a big reputation in the world of crime. But then, a decade ago, everything changed. He realized that nobody was looking after his aging father and decided to go back to his hometown to care for him. That's when he turned to carving. I grabbed a piece of wood and started to carve it. When it was done, my friend saw and asked who had done it. I said, me, I use a utility knife. He said, that's not bad, you could be a woodcarver. As soon as he turned his hand to it, Yo discovered he had real talent. Getting encouragement from his friend, he started learning all the techniques he could, even creating these complex openwork sculptures. Before long, collectors were interested. I don't want those paths that you wouldn't consider, dishonorable paths. Because if you rely on your own hard work, so long as you're willing to tough it out, everyone can walk a different path, like I did. Now Yo's days are intimately connected with the knife. But it's a knife that brings beauty and creation, not a weapon. His story shows it's never too late to turn over a new leaf.